Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking with Melanie Rashbaum, a licensed marriage and family therapist supporting clients in her private practice via telemedicine or in-person sessions in Los Angeles, California. Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here. Talk about the human condition. Um, I feel like there are certain people who I know through the DMs, right? Like I'm like, I have your name in my DMs. Like I know your profile picture. You can like see your name. And so it's so was, fun to have you here. I was wondering if you remembered that I was the person who asked about <laughs> type four and relationships, even though yeah. I already know, but I want to hear it from you. I want my free little, you know, 30 second therapy session on an Instagram story <laughs> from you. I love it. It's so fun. Um, well, I'm so excited that you're here and we are going to get to talk about attachment theory, which yes. I know everyone is very, very interested in. Yes. Um, so for those at home who are unfamiliar, what is attachment theory? Okay. So I'm going to give the basics just because I assume people can Google that, you know, the, the, the people that discovered this after doing research with infants, John Bowlby, Mary Ainsworth, they can look up those names. Um, but attachment theory came from this uh, experiment that Mary Ainsworth did called the strange situation. So for all intents and purposes, it was about a baby and a mother in a room and then the mother leaving the room and then coming back. And how did the you know baby respond or react? Did they become dysregulated or not? And so what what uh, they discovered is that there are essentially three types of attachment styles, which is secure, anxious, and avoidant. You're going to hear other terms like disorganized or fear, fearful, avoidant, or fearful, anxious, or and they're all relevant. But just like I said, to keep things simple, we're going to go with secure avoidant and anxious. And so th the way that the infants responded to their mothers is now also how we respond in our adult relationships. Mm. Um, but I can get into details about each of those, which I'm sure your listeners probably want to know. What yeah. am I? Am I anxious? <laughs> am I avoidant? Here's the good news. 50% of the population is secure. I am not one of those people. <laughs> But I am a recovering anxiously attached person. And I do, and you can change, meaning you can start leaning more towards a secure attachment, just like anything. 
with, like the Enneagram, for example, it gives you information about yourself, but you have the power to have, you know, the self-exploration, acceptance, and then, you know, making adaptive change. So mm-hmm. that's why I say I'm a recovering anxiously attached person because I find myself far more secure these days. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the little, the little uh, narratives, the negative narratives still pop up. So um, if I look down, it's because I'm looking at my notes. Yeah. <laughs> I know your viewers or your listeners don't know that, but I am a pretty dorky person. And so I wanted <laughs> to be super prepared. Um, but basically, anxiously attached, the, you know, the, the mother leaves the room and comes back and the child is visibly distressed, right? So think, mm. you know, tantrum, think crying. Uh, and they're... Um, the mother can't seem to soothe the child in an adequate way. The child is happy to see the mother, but also really angry that she has departed. Mm-hmm. And I say mother, but it could be any type of a caregiver. But again, for the experiment, the strange situation, it was a mother. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the baby feels like the mother is an inconsistent presence and so thus not secure. So that's sort of just a brief on anxious. Um, I'm going to talk about the babies, then I'll get into sort of the adult attachment. Okay. So okay, then okay. avoidant, <laughs> avoidant would be that the child wasn't really phased. The mother leaves, the child's in the room, still playing with the toys, isn't phased by the mother leaving. And also when the mother returns, doesn't really uh, accept her bid for attention. Is you know, feeling a, a little bit um, ambivalent about it, but but that's because the mother's behavior has been ambivalent. So the child feels like, oh, that's not a trusting base, not a trusting mm-hmm. secure base. So I have to take care of myself. I am my own, you know, trusting self and my own secure base. And so that's essentially what an anxious baby would react. Now keep in mind, I'm sorry, avoidant. Keep in mind the avoidant child is dysregulated. They're just acting mm-hmm. calm, cool, and collected, but internally. Mm-hmm. They are absolutely dysregulated, just like the anxious child, right? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I was so listening it, and I was like, well, I am never that chill about it, but I am <laughs> externally. Yeah. Oh, Internally, that's so interesting. I'm like, oh, I can only rely on myself. Yeah. Oh, so do you do you think that you identify with avoidant? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're a, I mean, I've done said, a lot of work, but. And you said you're a type seven Enneagram, correct? Mm-hmm. And then your partner is type four, because I yeah. always hold on to that because I'm like, I'm a type four. And mm-hmm. how would you describe him? Um, you know, I would say he's probably more securely attached, but if he leans in one, it would be more anxious. Like he worries about abandonment um, for sure. So that, like, that, Yeah. Sorry to talk over you. That does sound like me that I lean towards anxious, but I have a sense of, you know, an understanding of my behaviors and cognition so I can actually transition more to secure. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, okay, that's interesting. So you're more avoidant. I love hearing this though, because I think that your listeners are going to relate to the, oh, I'm anxious and my partner's avoidant and I feel like we can't make it work or vice Mm -hmm. versa. And you're living proof that you can have a manageable and happy, mm-hmm. harmonious, you know, relationship. So this is good. I can't wait to get into that. Okay. Love <laughs> yeah, talking sorry, no, about this. Yeah. No, I just love talking about this. I'm so, I'm such a dork. Okay. So then 
we talk about the avoidant and so then secure. Secure is what you assume it to be. However, keep in mind, just like avoidant, just like anxious, they are disturbed. They are feeling dysregulated by their mother leaving. However, upon their mother's return, they feel comforted. They feel that secure base. And I think that, and they're easily, you know, comforted and regulated. And I think the biggest thing about secure attachment is that these, uh, I'm looking at my notes, these um, kiddos, they feel safe while being vulnerable. Like, I just want to make sure I emphasize that because that's the whole point of attachment theory is that we want to feel safe when we are being vulnerable, anxious Mm -hmm. and avoidance. We do not, but secure uh, attachment styles do. They feel Mm -hmm. that safety and they feel that um, uh, worthiness that their needs will be met. Mm -hmm. But the avoidant and the anxiously attached kiddos and adults feel like, oh no, our needs won't be met or we are too much or that my partner is too much and it's, I feel smothered. Does Interesting. That make sense? Yeah. Yes. So do we find our attachment style by just kind of knowing ourselves or is there like a, like, does someone else determine this for us? How does it work? Uh, well, I mean, someone else could determine it if you maybe went to therapy and they, that therapist was, um, somebody who, you know, was well-versed in the, the attachment styles and attachment theory, but you can absolutely figure this out yourself. There are books out there. There's one that I really like. It's a, a really easy read in the sense that it's not, um, you know, dense and, you know, psychological jargon and it's called attached. And the picture on the cover of the book is uh, two magnets in the shape of a heart. And there are some questions and I will actually you know, speak about some questions to your listeners if they want to hear, they can give them an idea. But the, our attachment style comes, yes, from infancy, but it is based on the connection and attunement and attachment that we have with our primary caregiver mm-hmm. and their enjoyment in, our, in the relationship. So it isn't just mm-hmm. this sense of a parent being physically present. That isn't enough. Are they emotionally present? And even, you know, for example, breastfeeding, they say that a mother has to also enjoy that experience. And that's how you Mm. create a secure attachment. So it can, you know, you can be anxiously or ambivalently attached if there is um, distress in the home, like uh, a parent with mental illness or substance Mm. abuse uh, or a workaholic parent, if they truly are physically away and when they come back, they're nurturing. But again, it's that mm-hmm. that uh, um, inconsistency that can create the ambivalence, the avoidance and the, uh, the anxious. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Do you see that this like shifts into our adult relationships or how does that how do they get yes. pan out into adulthood? Right. And I think that's what people are more interested in. It's like, okay, I can't remember what I was like, like a baby. I can't remember if my mother, you know, neglected me or not, but, but I feel neglected in, in, you know, elementary age. And, and, uh, I feel neglected even as an adult child, maybe people are, you know, adult children of alcoholics, or they have a parent who is really mentally ill or even, you know, physiologically, you know, ill with uh, a health condition and they have to be the parent's caretaker. So all of these elements um, and variables affect a person's attachment. And so, yes, I think people would rather understand like, okay, so what's it like in my adult life? Wait, what was your your question? How do these, how do they kind of merge, like as, 
as they form, like how do they show up in our adult relationship? Thank you. So honestly, it's truly just the parallel. What happens Mm -hmm. in your infancy is what's happening in your adult relationships. I mean, I bet you could, again, speak on you and your partner's relational dynamic. I personally, Mm -hmm. in this moment, am single, so I don't have a person to talk about. But the way in which if, if somebody is bidding for attention, so for example, if an anxiously attached partner is bidding for attention and the uh, avoidant partner feels that that is smothering, right? There's this mm-hmm. lack of, uh, of consistency and dependability. The, so the anxious person thus becomes more anxious and pokes and pokes and pokes. Thus, mm-hmm. the avoidant continues to pull away. So it, it honestly, with that relational dynamic, which again, I'd be really curious to hear about your mm-hmm. partnership. The, the interesting thing about that, it's like, what came first, you know, the chicken or the egg, mm-hmm. the anxious person or the avoidant person. Mm-hmm. And so they're both feeding into each other's subconscious, you know, attachment wounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do it for me personally. Yeah. I, I cannot be in relation. I, I shouldn't say cannot. I can't be in intimate relationships, meaning whether it's Mm -hmm. a friend, a family member, or a partner, intimate partner, with people who are avoidant, because I am, maybe this is also my type four Enneagram, Mm -hmm. where I I need that connection. I'm a a very deep person, you know, the romantic. I I need that connection that is beyond surface. And I know that as a type four, I'm a pushing and a pulling. I learned (laughs) that from you and that I can identify (laughs) with that. But that's sort of the dance with the mm-hmm. uh, the anxious and the avoidant. And so uh, for me, it just doesn't work. I'm so mm-hmm. curious to hear how you are able to not feel overly poked by your, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, maybe anxiously yeah. or secure attached partner and how you don't pull away and how you yeah. sort of make that dance more manageable. We got a little cough. I'll entertain the folks at home. (laughs) I'm just going to say one thing while she's coughing. Listen, y'all, what actually brings us closer together is healthy conflict. Don't be afraid to be in conflict with your loved ones, with your partner. What brings us together is the repair, right? You have the rupture and we need the repair. Now, is everybody emotionally intelligent and mentally, uh, you know, mature enough to have that repair? Mm -hmm. Maybe not. But don't be afraid to have that conflict rupture repair. Okay, mm-hmm. Sarah Jane has stopped coughing. <laughs> back to the show. Yeah, back to the show. Yeah, I will say that our relationship is very different now than it was in the beginning. Like I was much more avoidant in the beginning. He was much more anxiously attached in the beginning. And we have had to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. You know, like it's just like we we – have talked for hours just wrestling with how do we do this? You know, how do we navigate these two things? And I think that still, and I th- we, I think this is interesting because it's the way I teach the Enneagram as well, is that like we're in relationship to it forever. And so there are still like things that linger, right? And so for me, the biggest one is if we're not spending time together, I disconnect. Like if we're not like spending I mean, yeah, if I don't feel like we're connecting, I almost, I become like ambivalent. I'm like, it's hard to like pull me back in. And Obi is, Obi will say like, I never stop feeling like I want to be close to you. 
that feeling never leaves me. So like when it, when that feeling leaves you, because for me, my brain starts to see him as like my roommate mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, now this is just like a person who's in my space instead of like this person that I love with all of my heart, you know? <laughs> um, and so that obviously doesn't feel good to him, but also like I have to learn to reconnect myself instead of hoping that he will reconnect me. Because I think for a long time I was like waiting for him to initiate the reconnection. Um, but when I reconnect, that is reassuring to him, but also um, it's my responsibility, right? Um, at the same time, for him, he would like see me almost as better than him in the beginning. Like his energy was kind of like um, – Is that because you were more emotionally – is that because you could uh, regulate yourself more or you seemed more – I think he just thinks I'm really cool. <laughs> you know, I think like he had a crush on me. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm like in the early, team. early dating. Like, um, and so I think he thought like, oh, this is inevitable. Like he, and he would say this, like he thought in his mind, like she was going to leave me. There's no uh-huh. way that she is not going to leave me. Um, and so a lot of his like dysregulation or frustration. I mean, he has ADHD as well, but like those things would come from that fear that just like, um, almost not even fear, like a deep knowing in his mind, like this is inevitable. Um, I'm not going to be able to hang on to her. Like she's gone. And then I'm avoidant. So I'm like, yeah, might be (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, don't get too comfortable, you know, but as we've got, obviously we're both like in therapy together and apart and we've worked really hard. And so now it's like much more gentle just like a little bit less. It's a lot less intense. It's much more just like, oh, I'm feeling a little disconnected. Can we make some time together today? Mm -hmm. Because I want to feel close to you versus just kind of being irritated without understanding why. You know, it's like I I now have language and understanding. This is the last thing I'll say about it, but I feel like we hop in and out of the pattern faster. And I think forever I thought we have to find a new pattern and – we have to fix this and make it never happen again. <laughs> like, go to the other side. Right. And now it's like, oh, I see the pattern. We popped in. We're just gonna like take the fa- the quick the first exit we see. We're just gonna pop right back out. Which is, I'm just so proud of that. Like, I we were just and we got there through just like talking and talking and yeah, conflict and. But that rupture therapy. repair. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. oh, I love, I love, love, love hearing this. I'm so happy for you because obviously yeah, I, too. what I do for a living is because I care about people and I want them mm-hmm. to have, uh, you know, adaptive, harmonious lives and I want people mm-hmm. to be healthy and nobody teaches us healthy communication. Nobody teaches us how to have emotional intelligence mm-hmm. or mental maturity. Nobody teaches us this. And if we mm-hmm. aren't, you know, if it's not uh, modeled to us by our parents, we really... Mm-hmm. No, it, they should teach this in school versus sex education where I'm rolling a condom on a banana. I mean, what? <laughs> you know? Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, when so, you were – oh, sorry. When you were describing the babies too, I kind of thought like uh, about like my childhood and watching parents just kind of continuously not fulfill their promises and just kind of mm. like not do what they said they're going to do. And so eventually I was like, parents aren't real. But like, that's I, you. Well, yes. Yeah. That's so you I, being avoidant and that sense mm-hmm. of, well, I guess I can only depend on myself because mm-hmm. it's so inconsistent and I mm-hmm. am my own safe, secure base. And so mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that that's sort of the evolution of how, you know, you've turned out as this adult. 
Mm-hmm. And it is like you start to, for me at least, it's like a hypersensitivity in it in other people. Like if I see someone being inconsistent, I'm like, whoa, nope. Um, or and and I think kind of holding those two things together like holds so much compassion for mm-hmm. myself and for like my partner to be like, oh yeah, you your your brain's just trained to be afraid of this, and that so of course you're gonna like have a moment, and we can like work our way out of it. But that's just a like, sensible way of talking. Like people aren't mm-hmm. like you and your partner. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what the statistics are of people who are doing the work and are, but this is, I mean, you are a perfect example for your listeners and for people out there mm-hmm. that follow you on how to have the rupture and the repair and how to do the work and how you can have a harmonious relationship mm-hmm. regardless of your Enneagram type or your attachment style. I love mm-hmm. hearing this because, you know, I was smiling when you said for you, you're like, this, these, you know, parents are not de- dependable. So I guess I'll just, you know, take care of myself. And mm-hmm. for me, it's like, oh, then I'm going to keep poking and, and grabbing mm-hmm. you to love me. Like I'm going to do mm-hmm. a little song and dance and be the weird kid and be the creative mm-hmm. artistic. Let me do a show for you to get you back in to love me. But what happens mm-hmm. is I get my folks attention but then I'm back to being, you know, they're looking at me because I'm making so much noise and commotion, but yeah. then I'm weird again, right? But then I'm mm-hmm. weird or I'm too much. And so then I'm back to that wound, like the anxious kid who's either, you know, happy to see the parent, but then also really angry. You know, yeah. I remember a time that my mother left to go to play tennis to get her nails done, whatever she was doing. And I was a toddler and I don't have many memories of being a toddler, but I do remember this distinct memory. And she left me alone with the housekeeper who was a beautiful, amazing woman that was a caretaker to me, but that wasn't her job. But I guess it sort of was because I don't think a parent would leave a toddler alone Mm -hmm. um, if it wasn't with this person to obviously take care of me. But I remember Sarah Jane, I remember sitting in the window nook screaming like thinking about it could actually make me feel tearful because it can conjure Mm -hmm. up that to a child that's trauma to an adult Mm -hmm. it's she's coming right back but to a child that was so traumatic so much so that it truly does make me feel teary-eyed and I was screaming for her to come back and I could see her now maybe I'm making this part up for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to be more dramatic, but I feel like we <laughs> I feel like we locked eyes and she still got in the car yeah. and drove away and it's like what you're leaving me all alone yeah. and it's yeah so when she comes back I I'm the kind of kid that would sit in the closet and watch her get ready like I just loved on my mother I fawned right but then I was angry that she left me right so then I would also yeah. have these punishing thoughts or ideas as a little person and subsequently as an adult, right? If my mother bids for some attention, there's an old primitive part of my brain that says, she wasn't always there for me. So I I don't have to be as warm and fuzzy right now. Then there's that other part that says, hold on a second, hold on a second, Mm -hmm. have, you know, self-compassion and compassion for others and show up with, you know, empathy to create that reparative experience. It can't just be one person doing it. It takes both parties. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting to think about. I mean, you're describing my husband. Like it's so yeah. fascinating to me. I mean, you're both fours. So that's also and that's there. why I love when you talk about him because I'm also I think about like there's hope for me and a yeah. partner who will t- 
take on my quote too muchness or my, <laughs> you know, whatever the negative narratives that we create. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So do you think that the attachment theory lines up with certain Enneagram types or that it can overlap? I got my trusty note card, Sarah Jane. <laughs> I was so excited to ask you about this. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I was so excited. So recently you posted an Instagram story answering someone's question about type nine and type five. So mm-hmm. I would love to hear your mm-hmm. thoughts, but first let me say what I'm thinking and then you tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay. So you said type nines are focused on pleasing others, easy to get along with, optimistic, trusting, feel safe in the world. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think, oh, a type nine is securely attached. Mm -hmm. What would you say about that? Because the part of the focused on pleasing others, that sort of tripped me up a little bit. That feels Mm -hmm. a little bit anxious. Yeah. I feel like we all have, I would imagine we all have capacity to be securely attached in the like levels of health of our type. But if nines were to lean in in one or the other, I believe it would be anxious. But dang it, I was wrong. (laughs) Well, because they fear loss of connection. Like that's like their main fear point. Um, And so they will like numb them – they dumb themselves – not dumb themselves down, but like hide who they are in order to maintain that connection. Okay. Um, I didn't hear that piece when you were explaining a nine, but I love you said feel safe in the world. That to me, I always feel like that's a a securely based person because back to what Mm -hmm. I said about secure attachment is they feel safe to be vulnerable, but anxiously Mm -hmm. attached and avoidantly attached folks, we we don't inherently feel Mm -hmm. that it's safe because we have that inconsistency with our caregiver. So, but I also don't know enough about nine because I'm not a nine. So it's nice to learn more. And I'm sure your listeners who are nines want to hear about this too. Oh yeah. And I I mean more so like if they lean toward anxious or avoidant. So I think they would lean toward anxious if we were choosing between those two. Okay. But tell me if I'm thinking of it wrong, but I kind of think of like secure attachment as like being in our health space in a relation in terms of relationship. So like in a higher level of like quote unquote health. Yes, so, they are supportive. They are mm-hmm. they yes, they are uh easy they take people's bids for attention easily. They are accommodating in a way that is uh um uh pleasing to both parties. Mm-hmm. So where are you going so, with your thought? Yeah. So my thought with that would be that that would any of us like would have the propensity or the ability to be secure no matter our Enneagram type. So they're probably, I would imagine not be like one Enneagram type that's like healthier than any other or like more secure than any other, but like maybe we would lean toward avoidant or anxious. Okay. I like the way you're thinking. Does I that, love this. Yeah. Okay. I love this. Well, yeah, you're the expert of the Enneagram. So I like to hear this because like I said, I wanted to have this conversation with you because I feel like yeah. they attachment theory and the Enneagram sort of intersect, you know, have like an intersectional, uh, psychological human experience, uh, feeling. And Mm -hmm. when you talk about the Enneagram types in such specificity, it really helps me to understand Mm -hmm. how I could plug that into attachment styles. And I love that you say, yes, it's maybe in our unhealthy state, maybe in our sort of uh, dysfunctional mind, the negative narratives flaring up the, yeah the subconscious. Okay. I hear you. So more of an anxious than avoidant, a type nine Mm -hmm. in an unhealthy state. Okay. So then what about type five? 
uh, you had mentioned in your story, not as trusting of others, more resistant to people's impact on them, and they feel out of place in the world. So I was gathering that a more avoidant. Yeah, yeah. I would say they're probably the most inclined toward avoidance, or maybe sevens could be as well. I don't know. But yeah, definitely, okay. I think so. Okay. And then fours. Of course, I want to hear your thoughts on fours, although I feel like fours are the yeah. quintessential anxiously attached. But I, but then again, I don't, I'm not an expert at Enneagram, so I don't know the yeah. other types very well. No, I think you're right. I think that, I mean, they're one of their major fears is abandonment. So mm-hmm. I think that that lines up <laughs> pretty well. You're like, so that's it. That's what you got. Yeah, so there we are. Yeah. <laughs> so, there, so there we are. <laughs> Namaste. Good Namaste. luck to you. <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to um, read a couple questions for your listeners so that they can start to determine what their attachment style is. Would that be okay? Yeah. Yeah. Do we have time for that? Oh, I love that. Okay. I'll be quick. All right. So here we go. Here are some questions that um, are from the book that I mentioned, Attached, is the title of the book. So here are a couple questions I'll throw out. Uh, and I will tell you if that is anxious, secure, or, uh, or avoidant. So I often worry that my partner will stop loving me, anxious. I find it easy to be affectionate with my partner, secure. I feel that once someone gets to know the real me, they won't like who I am, anxious. I find that I bounce back quickly after a breakup and put someone out of my mind. Avoidant. When I'm not involved in a relationship, I feel anxious and incomplete. Anxious. I find it difficult to emotionally support my partner when they are down. Avoidant. I'm not going to keep going just for the sake of time, but I am going to find a couple more secure so people can see what that sounds like and feels like. I believe most people are essentially honest and dependable. That would be a secure attached person. Uh, I am generally satisfied with my romantic relationships. That would be uh, an example of secure. And I don't feel the need to act out much in my romantic relationships would be secure. So that's basically a a, a sort of a general understanding because I think most folks probably feel like they lean more towards avoidant and anxious. But like Mm -hmm. I said, 50% of the population is actually secure. Um, but I think we put more emphasis on the other two because secure seems to be making more sense. But what does an anxious mm-hmm. look like? And how, how does that present in the world? And what does avoidant look like? And how can I make things uh, more harmonious with my partner? So mm-hmm. I think that some of those questions, if you, you know, if people ask themselves those questions, that can help them to determine their attachment style. And like you had mentioned, Sarah Jane, that you and your partner, you go to therapy and you do personal inventories. That's mm-hmm. something else with your Honest Enneagram book is t- t- doing a, an inventory of self. And mm-hmm. that comes from, you know, really recognizing your shame and then the antidote, which would be, you know, self-compassion. But mm-hmm. the only way we're going to make adaptive change, you know, even in our relational dynamics is to have that awareness and then the acceptance and then the change. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned that you and your partner were able to shift a bit in your attachment styles, but I work with couples who they know, they know, they know their attachment style. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. We talk about it. And yet they have this seeming, seemingly inability to shift out of mm-hmm. perpetuating that, 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 that wound. 
and harming mm-hmm. of self and their partner. And it, sometimes it gets to that point where then the relationship isn't working out and you have mm-hmm. to, you know, preserve your well-being over the relationship because it's just so unmanageable. But it really mm-hmm. takes a person having the ability to actually have the self-awareness and the acceptance. And you had mentioned that in your honest Enneagram is that shame aspect. We have to have self-compassion it's how we're, and compassion for our partner. That's how we're going to make change. Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm like, oh, I wish they taught us this when we were younger, because then we would all have far healthier relationships. We wouldn't be wasting time with these insecure thoughts. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I find it so <laughs> exhausting and so heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. It's like, um, it's so fascinating to think about this like thing that impacts everything in our life. Everything. And no one's telling you what to do with it <laughs> until you're like, and they're like, just deal with it, thing. figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. That's yeah. Like just fix it, <clears throat> fix this thing mm-hmm. about you. But a lot of us have no idea what that thing is. Like again, step mm-hmm. one, self-awareness. And then, and then a lot of us just, we don't have the tools, mm-hmm. right? Which is why something like the Enneagram, I find to be such a fascinating tool because it's different than other, you know, personality tests or tools, because it feels like it also provides um, room for like solution. It's almost like a mm-hmm. manual rather than mm-hmm. just saying, okay, you're a type four and go live your life as this mm-hmm. <laughs> anxious person, afraid of people leaving you. It tells mm-hmm. you, okay, well, this is how you can navigate relational you know, dynamics. And this is how you feel when this uh, situation arises. That's why I think the Enneagram would be such an amazing tool in psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. It's just an additional tool for the more you learn about yourself, the more you, you know, discover, uncover, recover, you know, an understanding mm-hmm. of yourself, the more you can make adaptive change. But when you're going through life completely unaware, yeah, you're going to keep doing the maladaptive behaviors and things are going to be unmanageable. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Again, a big sigh. Oh Sorry. Is that, is that loud on a podcast? <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's warranted. Um, so Melanie, you're based in LA, right? I am. Yes. So for people at home who are like, I'm in California, I'm looking for a therapist, I'm looking for a coach. Um, can they connect with you? Oh my gosh, please. I love, I love what I do. I'm incredibly passionate. I want to get to as many people as I can. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, So how can we stay in touch? So you can stay in touch with me. Uh, My website is theextrovertedtherapist.com. Introverts, don't be afraid. I'm not going to try to turn (laughs) you. It's just a a clever little name to let you know that therapy doesn't have to be so hard and scary that, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like I'm having a conversation with you right now. It's very um, relaxed and it feels really cozy. Uh, so my website, also Instagram, The Extroverted Therapist. And I also do coaching with folks out of state. So you don't have to just be a California oh, nice. resident. Um, and I meet with folks in person uh, at my office or we can do telemedicine video chats. Sweet. Yeah. And we will link everything in the show notes for you also. It'll be easy to find. And Melanie, thank you so much for joining the show. This was such a joy. I, I truly love talking to you about this. I love following you on Instagram. Your content makes me so happy. 
Um, I just want to end by saying thank you for validating the type four experience and all that you think <laughs> about us. It makes me feel so seen and my inner child gets so healed by you. I mean, truly, you, you are awesome. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Okay. See you soon. Bye. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.